Vaughn and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Welcome back. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. All right. So one of the big reasons why friendship is so important, you know, I always said from the very beginning, over three years ago when we started this, I said, I'm really miffed at all these professionals and like famous psychologists and famous speakers out there. Mm Mm-hmm. That say, oh, you know, friendship is so important. If you don't have friendship, it's like having, how many packs of cigarettes a day do they say? Like some outrageous like amount. Like 80. Or it's going to cause you to have Alzheimer's. It's going to cause you to have heart attacks and all this stuff. And then they leave you right there. Like, thanks, bye. Fear mongering. Gotta love it. <laughs> but it's like, hello, why don't we talk about the whole point of friendship and actually be there for one another and actually have conversations about life together. Right. That's why it's important because when we talk about things, when we share each other's experiences, when we listen to one another, we realize how beautifully connected we are. And a pressure gets relieved from our hearts, from our spirits. That is what makes you healthy. And so what we've been doing here, and I think that what we've been doing here is that's it. Our entire raison d'etre is to be talking about friendship and to just be there for one another, invite you to our home every week and have conversations, any conversation, because it's all related to friendship. It's all about being together. It's all about being each other's witnesses. It's about, that That sounds kind of negative, doesn't it? It does. You, well, I always say Matt is my witness because some things go down or like weird things happen or funny things happen. Outrageous things happen. Unbelievable things happen. And you've been my witness. I have. So for example, like when our first child was born, how old was Elle when she said what she said? Three months old? Yeah, it was pretty scary. She wasn't even three months old, was she? She was in the crib, you guys. It was before three months old. And she said a full-on sentence. And she said it pretty perfectly. Right. And we were terrified. Now, if I had heard it and no one else did, no one would have believed me, but we were each other's witnesses. Right. So our little baby, before the age of three months old, pitch black outside, wakes up, and we were a little bit awake, too. We were totally awake, actually. Like, as soon as she started stirring, we would wake up. Right. Because we were nervous parents like that. Nervous first-time parents. <laughs> were nervous parents. Still are, guys. <laughs> we still are. Oh, my God. Now I know why people look old all of a sudden. It's from worrying, which is the topic of today's conversation. But anyway, our kid said, what time is it? Like that. Before the age of three months, she now why from would, her crib. Why would she say that? 
because every time she cried in the middle of the night, I had to breastfeed or change her diaper and Matt would wake me up <laughs> if I Woman. wasn't awake. Or, or you know, he would try to help me get up because I was still recovering from a major botched C-section. Right. Um, but my first thing was, what time is it? <laughs> because I, I was never, it, it seemed like every time I did fall asleep, I would have to wake up 20 minutes later. Right. It was torture. Anyway, for anyone who has kids or will ever have kids, just a note, the first three months are the hardest. As long as you know that, you'll be fine. It's a marathon, too. And then all of a sudden, at three months, they start smiling and giggling. Hopefully. <laughs> I describe it as the first three months, your foot is like down on the gas pedal all the way. And then at three months, your foot lifts like a millimeter and it feels like, ah. Oh. And then, of course, the gas pedal's still completely down, but it doesn't feel quite so intense. The fun... You start having more fun after three months. But anyway, so today's topic, you guys, of course, it's about friendship. And I just wanted to pass along something to you that was passed on to me. And something that I practiced along, I mean, not that we did it on purpose, this practice, but it just happened. Again, something wise from the mentor, the original mentor of friendship, Santa Monica. Whenever we worried, and we had a lot to worry about, mainly it was financial. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the United States. You don't have health insurance, you're in trouble. You don't have car insurance, you're in trouble. Most you likely, you will have car insurance before you have health insurance. So the welfare of your car, especially in LA, comes first and then your health. How stupid is that? And you wonder why our society is so broken. I mean, that's just one tiny example. Right. So we would worry like, oh my God, how am I going to pay the rent? Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Oh my goodness. You know, like there was always something to worry about. But because we had this bond of friendship, naturally what would happen is as soon as we had a worrisome thought, or someone was stressed out, we would go out rollerblading, roller skating, going to the beach, dipping our toes in the water, having some fun of some sort. But here's the thing. The lesson was always reverse, go to the opposite of what you were thinking about. So if you're worried about money, for example, have the extreme thought. You're thinking, there's no money in my bank account for rent. You have the thought of, I would enjoy having many millions in my bank account. How awesome would that be? How awesome would, is this? How amazing is it to have access to millions of dollars at my fingertips? To be able to buy anything I wanted to not worry about going to the dentist or whatever. Just knowing that all is well. And thinking about what you feel when you're worrying and what you feel when you have the opposite thought is completely liberating when you have the opposite thought of whatever you're worrying about. So the point of friendship is, have you noticed when you're with friends, you can just kind of goof around and start laughing even at misery 
And then together you feel stronger and you're like, you can't get me down, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, at the extreme, you can say, let's just go to happy hour. F it. Let's just go dancing. Or let's just be rowdy or whatever makes you feel happy. Of course, in a beneficial sense, like, you know, of course, of course, doing no harm to yourself or anyone else. But just like being a kid and have some fun. Forget about the worrisome thoughts. When I was in college, I don't know if you can call it that, it was art school. I don't know what they call it when you go to an expensive art school. Another story. Um, so what I did was I was pretty much disowned by my, I was disowned by my family. I had to leave. I got to leave the city of Los Angeles and totally go to this other city, San Francisco. And I went to one of the most prestigious art schools. I got myself in. I talked myself in. I showed them my portfolio. I got in, paid a lot of money. All the money I had saved throughout my childhood. I was right. always doing something. I was making t-shirts. I was working many jobs. I was photographing. I was shooting portraits. So I saved all this and I had enough for one semester of tuition, which was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And once I started, all of a sudden, I was so nervous. It was such a big deal. There was so much pressure I put on myself that A, to get into the school, number one, was very difficult. Right. Then to get myself there was very difficult. I was on my own. I was a kid, right. 18 years old, no family, didn't know where I was going to sleep when I landed in San Francisco, completely on my own, made friends, found a way to get around. San Francisco was very scary back then. It's now scary again, by the way. Right. right? So once I started school, everyone started doing their artwork and we would have critiques and everything week after week after week i had nothing i was so stuck i was so afraid to take one picture because i needed it to be perfect mm -hmm. here i was at this prestigious art school it was the beginning of my career finally i was getting somewhere but i couldn't do anything i was frozen and i was crying i was so scared i went to the dean or maybe I was asked to go to the dean. I don't remember. <laughs> but it was like being at the principal's office, mm -hmm. right? And, and she said, I want you to get out. And I'm like... Oh, get out! Is she firing me? Like, is she <laughs> is she saying I'm, I'm... Is she kicking me out of school? Right. No. She told me to take a day off, to leave school. You're not allowed to come to school tomorrow. I want you to go to the playground and play on the swing set. That's what I want you to do. And everything will come to you when you're swinging. And I think I asked her why, and, and or maybe I didn't. Maybe it's a, a, a conversation I had in my own head trying to understand why she told me mm -hmm. to do that. But I did. And I did. And I think it was because I, I got to play. And I never in my childhood really played. And when I met you, Matt, you asked me how I play and how, what I do for fun. And I could never answer you. Right. Just because I'm always so serious and I want to get things done. And I'm mm -hmm. like very like motivated to just accomplish things. I, you know, I always feel like I'm on my own. So there's this pressure. Thanks, babe. 
No. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Saying like I do. I. No, no, that that that's one of those like humongous things for people is at some point they forget how to play, and you know what playing is creativity. It's experimentation. It's screwing up. It's you know finding something awesome in the middle of chaos. It's well, it's a brave thing to do also because you're using your imagination and you're laughing in the face of fear. Right. You're laughing in the face of some major constraints in front of you and you're basically saying haha i'm going to defy gravity but that also gets me back to the whole topic today of worrying the topic is twofold one is worrying but one is also what we do for each other as friends mm -hmm. we can go on a car ride we could have a cup of water together a cup of tea help each other with something we know like, we made friends with our neighbors. They're teaching me how to garden. All my life I wanted to grow things. Matt and I have tried to grow many things and no nothing. Whoa, 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 buckaroo, okay? I can grow stuff, I just don't. You can grow stuff? I'll make, th I'll make that bold claim today. We tried to plant all those sunflowers. We planted according to your rules. Why didn't you say something? Because I, I don't know how to plant sunflowers. I wouldn't have tried to grow. Never mind. Matt, you're making me mad now. So all this time you knew how to plant stuff? I know how to grow stuff, but... You never told me this. This is brand new information. So anyway, but, you know, developing friendships by teaching each other, not holding back, Matt. God, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. Anyway, so I looked up the etymology of worry. Check this out. This is what it says. Origin is Western German, and then later Old English. In Middle English, the original sense of the verb gave rise to the meaning seized by the throat and tear. Oof, nice. Later, figuratively, harass, whence cause anxiety to. But to seize by the throat, that's what worry means. So basically, we're strangling ourselves with worry. And the message that keeps coming to me in the past couple of weeks has been that worrying about something, the act of worrying is the act of praying for the thing you don't want to happen. So that's why I said, when you have friends and instinctively, when someone was freaking out about something, we would do the opposite or we would say the opposite or right. we would think the opposite. So I'm here today to tell you whatever you're thinking about, what would be the opposite of it? And just concentrate on that. What do you have to say, Matt? Absolutely. Also, just discussing things with friends tends to, particularly if it's a deep-seated kind of unrealistic fear that you have that you're emotionally attached to. Your friends are emotionally attached to you, but they're not emotionally attached to whatever it is you're concerned about. And so they can help blunt that whole feeling. Shared joy is increased. Shared pain is decreased. And we need to keep these things in mind. So it can be a really kind of cathartic experience. And I've had my own moments where, woof, down in the depths. And sometimes it was just having a conversation with a friend who wasn't in what I felt like I was in that helped me realize that it's a ridiculousness that I'm in right now. And 
or it's smaller than I'm making it out to be. You know, they talk about um, if you focus on your worry, you bring it into existence. That's one saying that's very, very kind of relevant that, you know, as soon as you start thinking about it, you're, you're giving it power. And so to strive as hard as you can, never even to worry about that would be the ultimate goal because then you would never, you'd never waste a brain cell or a thought or waste time thinking about what might happen. Waste your energy. Waste your energy, waste your currency. Waste your life force. Worrying about something that maybe will never happen. But, you know, even if it is going to happen, thinking about the opposite will have the opposite happen instead. You can change it. And there you go. What you focus on grows. You can change the path. It's like a long time ago, Tony Robbins, um, I, w- I would take courses, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it also at the same time, when I was a kid, I was learning how to drive. It was the same lesson. You have to focus on where you want to go. Not where you're going. So if a, if a car is spinning out, you don't go with where the car is going. You have to focus on where you want the car to go to, in order to get yourself to get out of the spin out, spinning out of control. When I was learning to drive, mm-hmm. I kept looking at the hood of the car and I couldn't drive in a straight line. I couldn't drive straight forward. And I didn't know why. And I was using all my muscles on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And the driving instructor was laughing, but she told me to look a couple blocks ahead. Don't look at the, why are you looking at the hood of the car? Right. I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, mountain biking. If you focus on the troublesome spot, you're going to hit the troublesome spot. If you focus on 10 feet down the trail, that's where you're going to go. And that's what makes it easy. I mean, there were trails that I rode on in like LA that was basically the top of the hill. It was the knife edge, they they call it. And, you know, sometimes it was single track on top of the hill. So if you turn too far in either direction, wow, that's a long way down. It was just about focusing on what was in front of me and how beautiful it was and the trail. It was not about, ooh, what's over there on the left? Because yeah, problem. So if you're not happy with the moment, the surroundings, focus on what you want. Focus on what you want. That's it. And if you don't have someone to hang out with, call me. Email me. Us. Email us. You have a friend in us. We're here for you. We can think of something outrageously fun to do. We can get ourselves to a better situation. We can have some fun and enjoy life. We can get some perspective. Mm -hmm. I always talk about, sometimes I'll just take a day off from work and I'll call it gaining altitude that day. And it's just about doing something that makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. That's all it's about. And this goes across the board. Not just financially, spiritually, but like... Let's think about the things in our society that are so wrong. I don't want to protest it. It never gets anywhere. They just shut you down when you protest. But if we can together, one by one, create what we do want, create a sense of security, create security, period, help each other out, 
create our own utopias, it's very much possible. In instant. Because we're not alone, we're here together. And we are all talented in so many ways. And when we pull our friendship together, meaning we pull our resources together, we have a beautiful society. And that's the message for today. But it's been the message on every single podcast we've done. <laughs> every single episode. It's the, my life force, my breath, that is what it's about. My life's existence, I mean, one of the major things is friendship. And that's what I'm here to share with you. And you too, Matt. Matt is shaking his head. I'm yes. shaking my head because, of course, never mind. What, of course? What? Well, we're just having a conversation, you and me. Yeah, we forget. Matt forgets we're on a All podcast, the time. And he'll, like, make gestures and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Do you want to be on video? I don't want to <laughs> no, be on video. No, no, I no, no. That's quite all right. All right. Well, that's it. Do you have anything else to add? Just the standard. What you focus on grows. So focus on the good. Spend so, your currency wisely. Emotional, spiritual, physical. Right. And if there's only a certain amount in your bank account, whether it's money or spiritual currency, don't think about it. Instead, think about what you want in there instead. Was that my stomach? That wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Love you. Talk to you in just a few days. Be well. Talk to you later. Love you. Reach out to us. Bye.